that was only one small piece of the puzzle. It wasn't just being able to manage your time. Even moms, who many of us are, are the organizers, the planners, the schedulers, even us moms who do all that still say they don't have time for self-care. Why do we say we don't have time when we all have 24 hours in the day? Every mom here has 24 hours in the day, yet some moms are able to organize their day to get to the gym, to get out and go for a walk, to sit and be mindful, to be able to meditate, to be able to do yoga, to be able to read a book. Why are some moms able to do that? And other moms say, I don't have the time and that is why I don't practice self-care. So that's what we're gonna dive into today. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. The number one reason moms give for not practicing self-care is they don't have time. Is it really because they don't have time? Is it really because you don't have time? Have you ever said that before? Have you ever said, I don't have time for me. I don't have time. I can't, I can't figure out how to get me time. Even though you might be hiding in the bathroom <laughs> just to get a couple moments peace. About, it was in 2011, I wanted to go to a Zumba class. Um, I had a friend that was, that had started teaching it and we had moved to our new town. And so the only friends I had were the women that were worked at the bank at that time we had bought a business and so we'd go to the bank every day and everything and the women that worked at the bank became like my first friends in this new town and the manager started teaching Zumba and this was like just a small a very small town and so one of my other friends was carpooling with her and she's like let's go see her name's Darcy let's go see Darcy let's go to this class and day after day she like by one friend Joni she was so persistent about this Day after day, I was like, I can't, you know, like it's right during dinner time. I have, I was homeschooling, so I'm like, I have to prepare lessons. Like I always had all of these things that I had to do. And in my mind, I, I really did have to do it. Like legit, I had to do these things. Like I did not have time to go to the Zumba class, but I wanted to go. Back in the day, I was doing like um, sweat into the oldies. Remember, I don't know, I'm aging myself here with Richard Dawson, not Richard Dawson. Richard, um, my mind is blank. What? Not Richard Dawson, that's Family Feud. <laughs> Richard Simmons. So I, I knew that I liked dance classes. Like I liked the exercise dance class. And I knew that I would like Zumba because I just liked the beat and all that. Like from what I've seen about it, because at, at that time it was pretty new. So I wanted to go to the, yes, thanks Rochelle Simmons. My mind went totally blank. And so I wanted to um, go to the Zumba class, but I kept saying, I don't have time. I don't have time to go to the Zumba class, even though it, I knew that I would like it. So one day, and when I think back, and like there was so much more going on, but I felt like one day I had like, my situation was like perfect. Like I had food in the crock pot. My husband was home. 
like my kids were occupied. It was like a perfect scenario for me to say yes. And so I did. I remember she came to my door because she would ask me every day. They were like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. I had all kinds of excuses, all these things on my to-do list and that were coming first. And so she came to my door and she was like, let's go. So I looked around, my husband's sitting there watching TV, the kids are all occupied, the crock pot has dinner. I'm like, hey, would you care, right? Like, and he's like, no, go for it. And I did. Long story short, I ended up loving it. So much so that I kept going back. I kept making sure that the situation was right. Like I took control of like everything that needed to get done. And then I learned how to eliminate the things that did not need to get done. Because I had a lot of things that I was doing that were not, I wouldn't say productive, but not necessary. So I learned how to eliminate. I learned how to delegate. I learned how to ask for help. Because that it was really hard for me to do, was to actually ask for help. Because that's kind of humbling, right? Can we, like that's kind of, that's saying like, I need the help. You have to admit it first in order to ask it. And I learned how to do that and to communicate and how to ask for help and be okay with it. I was already like, I had my day schedule, but then I started, I had to make that mindset shift. I had to realize that I was enough, that I was important enough. And basically the, like the joy that I was finding in going to Zumba had to outweigh like that need that I had to be in control, that I had to have everything in order in order to take that time for myself. Before that, I couldn't do anything unless like the dishes were done or the floors were vacuumed or like my house was in order. Everything had to be done in order for me to focus on myself, in order for me to go take a walk or to go to the Zumba class or whatever. And I had to give myself permission to put myself further up on that to-do list. Like we, we say we don't have time for ourselves, yet we make time for scrolling our phone, for making sensory bins for our kids, <laughs> for doing multiple loads of laundry a day, for binge watching Netflix. Like I'm amazed when I'm in mom's groups and I see what Netflix series do you recommend? And like a gazillion things come up. Like every mom has time to watch these series on, on Netflix and like hour long and then another one, another one. I'm guilty too. Like I've only watched a handful of Netflix series, but I feel like it's a lot of time that's spent on this. So when you say I don't have time for self-care, it's because you're just putting these things above you. Is it truly filling your bucket? Is it really making you your best version? There was a study in 2019 that I came across. Like I said, we all have 24 hours in our day. And this study found that aside from the non-discretionary non activities, such as sleeping, cooking, cleaning, eating, working, doing schoolwork, like aside from all of that, it was found that we have at least 300 discretionary minutes in our day. On average, the American adult has at least 300 minutes. That equates to five hours of discretionary time. Time that we're doing these kind of things that I just said, like watching Netflix, scrolling on our phone, um, making sensory things. Like I was trying to think of some examples of like things that I was like, these are things that can be either eliminated or 
like compressed, like not right. Like we can decrease the amount of time that we're actually doing these things and do something that's going to help us be a better person with that five hours a day. Now that is a lot of time, but we're taking like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes of, of scrolling on your phone in the morning, 10 minutes of, you know, do you really need to do two loads of laundry? Can you delegate any of that? Can you um, come up with systems that help you automate different things? Using that excuse, I don't have time, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need to dive deeper in that and say, well, why don't you have the time? What is getting in the way? Because again, we have 24 hours in the day and some moms are able to get that time for themselves. And it's because they feel worthy. They are they feel like they're important enough to be able to put on their to-do list further up, further up. I'm not saying above all your family, right? As moms, our family comes first. We, we are here to serve our family. Put yourself up as equal to your family because you are the caretaker. You're the caretaker, the caregiver. Like you need a full bucket in order to take care of all of those that depend on you. You are important, you are worthy, you are enough. So now, do I brim over with confidence every single day? Absolutely not, absolutely not. I was doing a gazillion things and my worth was tied to all of the things I was doing. Like the more I could do, the more I felt worthy. But the, I needed to detach that and discover that I am worthy with or without all of those things. And by able to do that, I was able to pull back some of that confidence, bring that, you know, increase it and feel that more, feel more confident, right? And be able to feel that courage that I was talking about to be able to ask for help in order to create that time and that space, not just physical space, which is like that time management piece, but the mental space to be able to focus on myself and do what I enjoy and fill my bucket. So what helped? We'll dive into that as soon as I share with you about the Moms Without Capes Facebook group. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the Superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. I'm going to share with you a few things that helped me detach my worth feel worthy in and of itself to be able to create that space. One, I stopped berating myself. When I didn't do something, like if I didn't have a, you know, full three course, four course meal, what, not four course, you know, like if I wanted to make sandwiches for dinner, I stopped berating myself I, or I stopped you know, going down like, oh, what a bad mom I am because I'm not cooking like when I grew up, my mom would cook a meat and then it would be like a starch and a vegetable like that was it. Like, because I'm not doing that, 
I, you know, before that, I would like berate myself. I would think that I was a bad mom because I couldn't, you know, I would go above and beyond to make sure that I had a full course meal on the table for my family every single night. And so I'd stop that. I did a, a Facebook Live a few weeks ago on, and also a podcast, on um, dealing with the inner mean girl. And that's what I'm talking about here, is learning how to speak compassionately to yourself instead of always those self-criticism and the self-doubts, getting rid of them or minimizing them. So I also stopped the perfectionism. And the perfectionism stems from my need to control. My need to feel, to make sure that everything was like perfect, that I got to everything on my to-do list. And holy smokes, was that stressful. But being able to look at that and realize what, you know, that awareness is the first key and becoming aware of like, what, how is perfectionism showing up for me? And what can I do about it? I dug into the reasons why I was a people pleaser. Like I mentioned, I was doing everything for everyone else. I saw a post this morning on Facebook on a, in a different Facebook group. Um, I happened to notice this morning that there was a mom who was saying how she had done, like she, she was saying like that she was basically the perfect mom and she wasn't doing it as a bragging way, like the way she did. Like I say that she was a perfect mom, but she was sharing that she felt like she had done everything right. And now that she has teenagers, like her daughter was like, just downright mean to her and everyone jumped in and said what you describe as a perfect mom is like she was doing everything for her daughter like she made sure that her daughter was completely taken care of and she she did mention that she was trying to be the kind of mom that she didn't have right so I'm assuming that her mom her own mom wasn't there for her, you know, um, emotionally, mentally, maybe even physically. And so she was making that up by trying to be this perfect mom for her own children. And with that, everyone like, well, not everyone, but like a lot of people chimed in and said how um, she was basically enabling this behavior because she, you know, her daughter's crying for autonomy and the mom, um, was just trying to be like this perfect mom. And so I immediately thought of like the people pleasing part of us and how we rush in to make sure that everybody's happy. And I know there's that saying, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. You know that saying? <laughs> so this is like the opposite of that. Like the mom is trying to make everyone else happy. And inside she's dying, she's losing she's losing herself because she's trying so hard and that's stressful and for years I did that for years I didn't ask for help I didn't I didn't even think that I had my own needs like when I got married when I had kids like you give up your whole life and some of us really do some of us really do like just give up our whole self in lieu of like raising our kids and being like this perfect wife and there's a there's a danger to that. We lose part of ourselves. And so that is one of my goals is to help you find who you are under that mom hat and get away from the people pleasing. Realize that your worth is not attached to making everyone happy because one, that's exhausting 
and two, that's impossible to make everyone happy. And you're going to, you're going to really lose yourself if you're trying to do that. I went and, you know, like I mentioned before, I was, I, I well, not was, I still am like an organizer, a scheduler, a planner. I used those skills to structure my day, to be able to make that space for myself, like to physically make that space for myself in my day. You know, doing whether it's crockpot meal, I actually write it down. I'm not even gonna show you my schedule because you probably can't, my planner, because you probably can't even see where I have Jim. Because I do have a lot of things, but because I write down everything, I, I write down everything like so that that way I don't have, I get rid of the mental clutter and I write it all down in my planner. Instead of just making a to-do list, I actually put it in my scheduler so that that way I know that this is the time that I'm gonna be doing this. And that has helped me make that time, that physical time and space to focus on myself. So today at 3.30, I have an event that I need to attend from two to three. And then at 3.30, my kids, my husband is home. So I asked him if he would pick up the kids and I am going to Planet Fitness because I joined it a few weeks ago and I try to make it at least three days a week, but I actually schedule it into my, my planner so that it gets done. So that is at 3.30 today, I plan on going to the gym. Um, and the gym is more than just a physical exercise for me. It's definitely a mental. I listen to my podcasts. It's like time to breathe, time to think, and time to move my body. So I really find joy in that. It's not a, it's not a chore for me. I don't know if it ever was. I always liked going to the gym. All right. Um, finally, I redefined my definition of a good mom. Complete the sentence. A good mom, dot, dot, dot. What, it, what does it say to you? What is your definition of a good mom? And then ask yourself, are there moms that you know that don't do this, that are still a good mom? Start redefining and challenging how you define a good mom. The perfect mom. We all know that there's no such thing. Yet, if you're a mom sporting a type A personality, then the struggle is real. How's it showing up in your life right now? On the classroom volunteer list, is your name down for more than one contribution to the Halloween party? In your planner, maybe, packed full of activities where you're the one planning, organizing, and driving. In the mirror, where the self-criticisms and the constant playing of the compare game happen all the time. Maybe on your social feed, where the pressure to show your best self to everyone so that they can see how wonderful your life is? Is it showing up at your office where you're achieving and overachieving to get the recognition and glory that comes with being the best? Or maybe it's showing up with your kids where you never have the time to sit down and play a game of Candyland until the dishes are done and the floor is vacuumed. Don't fool yourself, my fellow superwoman. Once you put on your mom hat, we can agree that life changes. But is it all good? Overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout can quickly happen if you're not careful. And if you don't learn how to take it easy on yourself, all of these are inevitable. Take my brand new quiz, Is Your Type A Personality Serving You as a Mom? to discover what changes you need to make to show yourself some grace and to embrace a simpler way of doing motherhood. 
thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.